Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Is your business to know about the law and how it's affecting every aspect of your life? Is your business to know about what's happening that's really important in the media front, particularly as it relates to the law? And so that's why I'm really excited about uh, John O'Connor joining our uh, media team here. Uh, he'll be doing uh, reoccurring commentaries on business, the law, the political front, and the media. And we're delighted to have him join us. Uh, he's distinguished in uh, the legal profession. Uh, he is an experienced trial lawyer practicing law in San Francisco since the early 70s. And he has tried cases in state and federal courts throughout the country. He served as an assistant U.S. attorney in Northern California, representing the United States in both criminal and civil cases. But he may be best known for his work as the attorney of Mark Felt, whom most of you know as Deep Throat in the uh, Watergate uh, situation. And uh, he became very familiar with the role of the Washington Post in Watergate in his representation of Mark Felt. And so uh, he brings a lot of experience. He also wrote briefs regarding uh, Patty Hearst, the United States versus Patty Hearst, and really had himself involved in some of the biggest lawsuits of the uh, 20th century, representing the uh, federal government uh, in the vast majority of those cases. So we're delighted to have him. He's going to be bringing his interesting insights uh, every other week here on the Price of Business show. You can learn more about him and his work at postgatebook.com. That's postgatebook.com. And that's the name of uh, the, the book that uh, he talks about most often. It relates to media, Postgate. And again, that's postgatebook.com. All right, with that, John O'Connor. Thanks, Kevin. The Price of Business has asked me to discuss the media's treatment of the emerging Biden scandals. All societies survive or not based upon the wisdom and fundamental truth of their shared narratives. There is always a moral to the story. Recently, Senator Charles Grassley released a memo of a confidential FBI informant who detailed a $5 million bribery payment to then-Vice President Joe Biden for the firing of a Ukrainian prosecutor who was investigating his son's corrupt oligarch client. The AP headlines, however, rather than directly stating the shocking allegations, seem to accuse Senator Grassley of impropriety, not Biden. The headline read, Grassley releases full FBI memo with unverified claims. Other media headlines followed suit. Does this headline reveal a corrupt media or is it an anomaly? And if the former, how did we get to this low point in conveying our society's narratives? After the highly touted, shamelessly self-promoted Washington Post investigative Watergate journalism, Thousands of aspiring young people sought to become, like the legendary Woodward and Bernstein, fearless speakers of truth to power, uncovering corruption and cover-up without fear or favor. But 50 years later, these supposed investigative journalists have become the corrupt actors whom they promised to expose. Have our vaunted good guys become dirty cops? It sure looks like it. While this evolution from clean to corrupt has been proceeding apace for 50 years, there is no better incarnation of this perverse role change than the recent journalism concerning ostensible Biden family corruption. There is much room for legitimate good-faith debate about the strength of evidence against Hunter Biden and separately his father Joe. 
But the debate is properly about the unseemly activities of Hunter and the practice neglect of same, at the least, by his father. Whatever the strength of evidence, all of it is ugly, worrisome, problematic. There's no way to sugarcoat this. There's a noisome stench emanating from Bidenville that cries out for further investigation. This tableau of potential Biden family corruption amounts to a test of the bona fides of modern investigative journalists. Will they investigate facts in a dispassionate way, or will they act as partisan publicity agents covering up wrongdoing, perhaps treason? What results has this test thus far returned? Let's hark back to Watergate. Richard Nixon was forced out of office by powerful journalism, not because he was guilty of the underlying criminal burglary, but because he enabled and participated in the cover-up. His most palpable crime was importuning the CIA to call the FBI off briefly its Mexican money trail investigation, a minor cover-up, but nonetheless criminal. Showing stronger culpability, the emerging evidence from credible whistleblowers verifies that the Biden administration, through its Justice Department, fixed the prosecution of Hunter, refusing indictments both in D.C. and L.A., allowing statutes of limitation to expire, and refusing proper investigative steps recommended by IRS agents. Given all of the above, there is plenty of grist for the mill of our vaunted investigative journalists. You know, those same sleuths who breathlessly seized on every morsel suggesting that Donald Trump may have spoken to people with Russian accents. A few examples of the accumulated evidence should suffice. In addition to two credible, experienced whistleblowing IRS agents and the FD-1023 informant's report, Gal Luft, an American-Israeli think tank director in 2019 in Brussels, had personally provided DOJ lawyers and FBI agents with specific facts detailing corruption by China of both Bidens. In 2022, to both forestall and impeach Luft's testimony, Biden's Department of Justice issued a sealed indictment of Luft as an unregistered foreign agent. While the Luft indictment was recently unsealed, not coincidentally as Luft came forward with an incriminating video, did our watchdog media scream cover-up and witness intimidation? Not exactly. Former White House spokesman Jen Psaki wondered aloud to Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin whether Republican James Comer had been, quote, co-opted by a foreign agent, unquote. Unsurprisingly, Raskin eagerly agreed. The Democratic-leaning Raw Story articles, Theater of the Absurd, Raskin compares GOP's Hunter Biden to Inspector Clouseau. This article by Brandon Gage went even further. Rather than viewing the left indictment as proof of a Biden retaliatory cover-up, its pundits saw that the indictment, quote, damaged the credibility, unquote, of the case against Biden. To Arthur Delaney of the HuffPost, the indictment of love for FARA violations demonstrated how weak any FARA claim would have been against Hunter Biden. The reasoning? Unlike Luft, Hunter did nothing for his pay. How can we say he's a foreign agent, the argument went, if he got his money without providing any apparent services? Thus, according to Delaney, there is a large hole in the case against Hunter Biden. We are not making this absurdity up. Now that it is some degree probable that the Bidens were bribed to fire this Ukraine prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, wouldn't our watchdog media perk up and at least begin an investigation? Rather, ace investigators for the New York Times, Adam Entaus and Michael Schmidt, summarized the growing evidence in a way that would make a criminal defense lawyer blush. And we quote, Despite their years of efforts, including Mr. Trump's attempts to muscle Ukraine into helping him sully the Bidens, an escapade that led to his first impeachment, Republicans have yet to demonstrate that the senior Mr. Biden was involved in his son's business deals or took any action to benefit him or his foreign partners. Here is the specific report of a credible informant that both Bidens were bribed to fire Shokin, as seen by Delaney and the Huff Post. Quote, 
Republicans have dubiously claimed that the Burisma connection prompted then-Vice President to push for the ouster of Ukraine's prosecutor in 2016 in order to protect the company. What is not noted by the Times or the Huff Post is evidence that such a claim would be, quote, dubiously, unquote, made, or that the Shoking firing, in fact, did not benefit Hunter's business partners. How does the New York Times, per Glenn Thrush, depict Luff's explosive video testimony? Let me quote that. In a video published by the New York Post last week, Mr. Luff claimed, without offering evidence, that he had informed the Justice Department and the Federal Bureau of Investigation of wrongdoing by the Biden family, prompting what he cast as his persecution. When Mr. Thrush notes that Mr. Luff does so, quote, without offering evidence, it may shock him to learn that when a witness offers his own observations of an event, this is what lawyers and judges call evidence. Indeed, Luff was offering eyewitness testimony, which constitutes strong, direct evidence. This deception is not an isolated misstatement. Riddled throughout the reports of the New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, Newsweek, and other outlets is the frequent assertion that there is, quote, no evidence, unquote, of corruption against either Biden. Karis Gannell of CNN Politics gives the typical conclusion, quote, but there's no evidence Joe Biden abused his office to enrich his family. But here is just one piece of evidence for these journalists to chew on. On his laptop from hell, Hunter Biden self-pityingly confided to his daughter that she need not share income with her father as Hunter must with his. To be sure, Hunter may at the time have been under the influence of some substance. But nonetheless, this is direct evidence against Joe Biden, an admission by a co-conspirator properly in evidence against his co-conspirator father. Common sense tells us that corrupt actors do not pay millions for influence without proof of delivery of the influence sought. The millions going to Joe's relatives through a middleman cutout, Rob Walker, laundered through numerous shell companies is itself evidence of corruption. So what conclusion can be drawn about the state of modern major media investigative journalists? We can safely conclude that these journalists see their role as, at a minimum, aiders and abettors of corrupt partisan cover-ups. But going further, they seemingly vie, like slippery criminal defense counsel, to create false cover stories behind which corrupt politicians can hide and defraud the public. So, if some wish to assess the lasting impact of Watergate journalism, they should consult our allegedly most trusted news sources, such as the New York Times. But not for the investigations they do but for those they choose not to do. And in doing so, please keep in mind the dominant trope of Watergate. It's not the crime, it's the cover-up.